Man, yo, you know, it's always a joy and a blessing when you get to talk school leadership with some of your favorite people. Uh, and that includes Smitty, even though he's Sigma. What up? What's good with you, baby? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying what's good. You know, greatness don't have to be explained. So that's all I'm going to say to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but... Man, what's, so, what's so all right, before we even jump into the show, man, we, we've we been talking behind the scenes, but I want to play something for y'all because I want to get y'all's reaction, right? Because y'all are two leaders that I respect, right? And so I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to go into this. Well, it's that time of year, a uh, couple days before school starts, and you know what's going to happen. It's inevitable, right? You're going to get those last second resignations. Uh, folks are going to be coming in, talking about, hey, you know, I'm not coming back. When you have, in fact, had the whole summer in order to make this decision, right? And so if you're making a decision the last week, the last couple of days prior to coming back to school, I want to know how that's in the best interest of students. It's not. There's no way that you can convince me that making a decision up until the last day of you returning back to campus for students is going to be in the best interest of students. That decision is in the best interest of you, and it's not okay. It's not okay at all. I don't care how y'all try to rationalize it. Folks should not be submitting last-second resignations, especially in the field of education. All right, folks, go on. Mm. What, mm. what 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 y'all think, man? Because I'm hyped. Uh. Fortunately, I've never had to experience that. So I'm gonna start with that. Start with that there. I ain't never had to experience a last minute resignation. Yeah. But but with that though, I mean, my thing is, would you rather for that person to resign last minute or to be there and not be good for kids the whole school year? Like no, you, I'd rather you know, for that person, I'd rather for that person to resign in January and let me know that they're not coming back in the fall so that we could do whatever workarounds that we need to do so that we can prepare for it. Because the height that's, that's high the best case. That's best case no, scenario, bro, but you got some people. That's honesty, bro. That's the kind of people that you want. You want stand up people that are gonna that, that are gonna allow you to be able to do that. If you have said to yourself, you already have it resolved in your mind, I'm not coming back to the school next year. Then what are you holding kids hostage for? Why are you waiting until uh, August, uh, whatever date or whatever, when you got PD the next day? When you know, and we have told you on seven different occasions, seven. Seven different occasions because research says you got to say something to somebody seven different times in order for them to get it right. So on I seven mean, different occasions, you know you're gonna get paid over the summer. You know you're getting paid, right? But you still make the decision that on the last day I'm gonna jam them up because I don't like the administrators. No, you hate yourself. It has nothing to maybe do that with job. You. Maybe that job offer didn't come through until last minute for you though. So you got to make that. Yeah, move. but then that goes yes. into the pe- yeah balls jumping here. I, I was just gonna say. I mean, that's that's huge to to. Know that you are leaning both ways. I think it would be great if you just informed your administration, hey, I don't know what I'm gonna do, just at the, as a heads up. I mean, as a courtesy, like I can start planning if I know that something's gonna happen. But also think about this as a as a member of a team. I mean, I, I think think about sports, man. If if you wait to the last minute, somebody else is gonna have to carry that load. Not just those students, it's impacting the rest of the the, the folks on your staff. Yes, and, and of that's, course. And that's, but, but, that's but wild. But here's the thing, though, right? It's like when you're there, you purport to care about these people, right? So it's like, oh, that's my right. team, and and right. I'm riding with them, and we're in this together, and this, 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 and this, right? But then at the last second, when you're able to make a selfish decision, right, a, a decision that's not based or rooted in the fundamentals of what it looks like to be a team player, right, you make that selfish decision for yourself. And then they got all, all kinds of people that will sit up and will support and be like, oh, you know, that person did what's in the best interest of them or whatever. But again, my question is, what about these kids? What about the kids? That's why we do education. Look. Folks, if you're in the audience, we're about to get the show started. Engaged podcast in the building. 
Fellas, I ain't do the check-in. We'll do it now. Smitty, how you doing, bro? Man, I, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm I'm back in Kansas City. I had the pleasure of going back home this past weekend and um, basically being recognized by the school district that I graduated from as the uh, Spotlight Alumni of the Year. Um, let's, so go, let's go. Let's go. So it was it was a, it was a great time, great time. And also, uh, Ball David Manley told me to tell you what's up. He said he uh he's he appreciate all the great work you're doing out there out there in Cali. So uh, but yeah, it, was, it was a good That's weekend, man. And good weekend, and uh, we got sixth grade transition day on Friday, man. We ready to we locked and loaded, ready to roll. So so sixth grade trans transition day. What does that look like for you guys? So sixth grade transition day, basically a half a day for our sixth graders to come in and kind of get pre-acclimated to the building before the seventh, eighth graders come back. Um, yep. We have a pretty much a half day of things set up for them. We're going to do a breakfast for them in the morning, um, kind of do an administrator welcome, kind of go over kind of who the main people around our staff is. And then we have two teams of sixth graders, team one, team two. Um, so while team one is doing a tour of the building, team two will be going over expectations, routines, procedures, things like that. And then they'll flip yes, flop. Sir. Uh, then we'll do a quick run through of their entire schedule. Then they'll get their class of 2029 T-shirt. Uh, Welcome to Grandview Middle School. And yes, then we'll sir. do the class picture, you know, that we do every year. Uh, take that class picture, give them lunch and some, you know, some ices and things like that and kind of party on our way out for the half a day and going into the weekend. Love that, bro. Grandview oh. Middle School in the building. Uh, KC uh, Middle School Principal of the Year in the building. Right? Yeah. Hey, hey listen. I can't not shout you out, bro. Even though I think that if I was in uh, Kansas City and I had a middle school, you wouldn't have won. Um, <laughs> ball, what's, <laughs> what's happening, bro? Hey, I'm making it. We this is we finished day six, uh, so so we're in the thick of it, and uh, it has been an interesting ride. I, I'm, I'm I'm finding out, uh, you know, what, what our, who who our school is and our school culture, and so I am uh, adapting. And, uh, bring, bringing it, <laughs> bringing it. Listen, bro, adaptation is, is that's the name of the game in school leadership, man. So let's jump into the show. Uh, we titled it what coach up, coach out, right? And so, um, yeah. you know, we talked about our, our, our last second resignations, but let's get into some, some, some meat and potatoes, man. So, what is instructional coaching? Um, and, and Smitty, we'll start off with you. What's instructional coaching when you hear instructional coaching? Like, what comes to your mind in terms of like you know what what you want other administrators to know about how they need to show up being instructional coach? So for me, the first thing that comes to mind with instructional coach is partnership. Um, somebody that's gonna come up alongside you and basically be kind of a human resource for you um, to his, assist you as a teacher uh, improving your instruction for student outcomes. And that can look in a variety of different ways. That could be, you know, maybe you want them a model use of a strategy, or you might want to help them. Maybe you want them to come in and help you coach each. You might need to have them do some data analysis. Uh, you might need them to go out and research the strategies and techniques, um, you know, things like that, and get those resources that you can't get because you are the teacher in the classroom. So when I hear the word instructional coach, the first thing I think of is a partnership between that teacher and that resource, that other you know individual that's coming alongside that teacher to really elevate and take them to that next level, whether it be for an entire unit, you know, for a semester, or it might be just, hey, I want to try this new strategy I've, I've seen done. Can you help me kind of get my, my head wrapped around me? That's what's up. Ball, when you hear it, man, what, 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 what's your take? What do, you, what do you think about when you hear instructional coaching? Very similar. I think you, you talk about a resource, someone that is strong, in uh in their pedagogy they they maybe specialize in the content area uh but are just well-rounded and they are there to support take care of and and just do what's necessary in order to get those around them better just like smitty said you know providing those resources setting up a plan in order to help engage them so they can become better as teachers yeah. And so, fellas, how important is that plan? Right. So, like, you know, you it, it, it's like if you if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right. So, like, how important is it for you to start the year off with that plan? And what does your plan look like at the beginning of the year, at the beginning of this year? Like, what are some of the buckets that you have uh, created as high priority uh, ticket items that you're like, hey, we're going to work on this? So for me, uh, you know, we, we always kick off the year routines, procedures, expectations. That's always, you know, the ground floor, um, you know, making sure kids understand how the school day is going to flow, how a class period is going to flow. 
um, getting really kids that predictability. You know, we don't want anything to be a surprise to students when they walk into the school, walk into the classroom after that first week. So um, that's the, the first major thing we want to get established um, in that process. And then from there, really, um, our big thing, you know, is literacy every year, really focusing on literacy, identifying those kids that, you know, are on grade level, one grade level behind, two or more grade levels behind, and then to quickly start to build up those uh, resources that we need to help those kids, uh, whether that be, you know, putting them with our reading interventionists, whether that be getting them in, you know, with one of our instructional coaches and some small group uh, or doing some collaborative work with some of our SPED teachers in the classroom. Uh, and then finally, we, you know, to wrap up kind of our three priorities is that, that math piece. Um, and our math teachers really have been rocking it out the last few years and getting kids identified early and coming up with those needed uh, interventions early on in that process. But for me, the big thing starting the school year, that first week, two weeks is routine procedures, expectations. Yeah. Hey, Bob, before you jump in, man, I just want to send a message to the parents, right? So if you're a parent of a scholar, right, and your scholar had a rough year at the previous school and you have transferred your kid to another school in order to get them a fresh start, if they have been recommended for an IEP at the previous school, there is a high possibility that when uh, the, the current school that you have them at does that battery of tests, in order to uh, determine what levels they're on, that that same diagnosis will show up at the next school as well, right? And so just be open to uh, uh, having your child have an IEP. If you're not realizing that there's a lot of stigma that's associated with IEPs, but hopefully you have a leadership team uh, in this new school that you're going into, that's going to allow you and explain to you the, the processes that, that go into place in terms of uh, identifying your child and the types of supports that are going to come with your child being identified because IEPs are not bad at all. Actually, they follow you to college. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've, I've seen some people that don't look like us use them as 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 a as as extra leverage in order to get extra time or SATs and extended tests in college. So I think that that's something that we need to be open to. But ball, jump in here, man. Hold on. Can, can I just joke? Cause, cause I was, when I was in Toledo, I went to uh, support a fellow co a high school graduate classmate of mine who had brought in Dr. Umar Johnson. I'm not about to get into all that, but I definitely think we need to have a show and talk about IEPs. Cause he talked about how that IEPs are like the antichrist, man. I, I really feel like they're setting, parents up especially black parents up for um disaster with that kind of mindset so i think so, you need to run up the show back and really but, talk but, about that but here's the thing though here's the thing though smitty and and i'm with you right i feel like we should have a show maybe we'll have the next show and we'll dedicate it straight to like the iep process but i feel like when you have folks am i gonna call them by name because i don't want to give that dude any any more likes than what he already has right um <laughs> I, what i will say is this i don't think that it's setting us as black people up for success Right. I think that I think it's sending us down the wrong road in terms of like because there's so much of a stigma that's associated and, and, and hitched to that IEP wagon to where it's like anything that you say that's negative towards it is only going to create a storm for folks to kind of run away from it or whatever. Right. So I feel like if we're going to have a conversation about it, it needs to be research based. It does not need to be on the opinion of one person. Right. Who we're not clear if he defended his dissertation or not. All right. Ball. Yeah. What's up, baby? <laughs> you took me all, all the way off. What's our, what's our question again? That's a gift, man. That's okay. a gift right there. Um, <laughs> um, Smitty, what was I asking? Oh, oh, your, 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 your high ticket items for the year, for the school year. Like, what, what are you jumping into? Yeah, I think uh, the, the biggest thing that we're doing is coming back as a community. Um, I, I think me being new to my campus is really the first part of the school year. I'm trying to find out what are our strengths, what are the areas that we have for opportunities of growth. And, that's, and, that, and that takes a lot of effort on myself and my admin team is to really get in those small groups, one-on-one -on -one sessions, and even large group when it comes to students, parents, and even staff to get an understanding, you know, where, where have we been? I mean, I can look at the previous year's data. Um, I can have conversations that are anecdotal to what happened last year. But I think, you know, in general, we've got a high performing uh, school and we need to do uh, the best we can to, you know, really establish a vision that is is clear uh, and, and that we all own. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm gathering that data 
about who we are, what we truly value, so that we can establish that vision and attack those academic goals, whether it's the, the English language arts, whether it's getting more people, um, more of our uh, student populations into advanced classes or supporting more, more of those students that need those IEP services that we're talking about. So right now we're in the learning and, and data gathering phase of where we are to truly assess where we're at as a school. Yeah, love that. So, so Smitty, think about when you were in college, right? And that's this is uh, this kind of going back to what we were talking about with the IEP process. Think about when you was in college and you had that test, and you was like, "Damn, man, I don't have enough time. I need more time." Think about if you had went into that test and you had all the time you needed, right? Like, yo, that's a game changer, bro. That's a uh, game changer. That's true. Yeah. Right, right. Because I, I remember going to many a professors' uh, offices after a test. And talking about that retest process, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, or give yeah, them some but, top side story. Bro, and, but that's a, that's another that's a, and that's another thing too. Like you know, we I feel like we need to do a show on like student connectedness in terms of like you know how you need to show up on that college campus. I don't think that a lot of us know the things that we need in order to be successful on a college campus. Like you don't know that hey, if you're failing the class, you need to go to this professor's office hours, right? You need to make sure that your face is that per that person knows your face. It is so difficult for a college professor to fail you if they have seen your face multiple times and see you giving like hella effort towards like passing that class. You might get out with a D. And if you get out of there with a D in a, in a, in a class that's not in your major, man, you won a battle. <laughs> Especially if it's one of them science prerequisites, man. That's crazy. Uh, so, Ball, um, how does instructional coaching look like to you like what does that look like in terms of like you know gathering your coaches and getting them ready for greatness yeah I think um this will the last two years have been the first years that I've actually had uh what we we call MTSS so multi-tier system of support actually on our campuses and they are great great resources that you know we come together and we talk about what is it that we want to accomplish? I think one of the things that I've seen already so far is we have a tutorial block period in our day specifically to provide like that, that tier two uh, intervention for our students. And we don't have a, a solid process for us to utilize that. So working with my, my coaches, working with my admin team so we can establish a plan so that we can first identify because we have, you know, we, we've got those, um, those pre-assessments that we're taking early to understand, okay, these are where these students are at, you know, based on the curriculum standards, they should be at a certain spot where they, in this school year, they're not there yet, or, you know, they're, they're slowly progressing. We need to establish that intervention process so that those students are identified, they get to the teacher, they get to the standard um, reassessment process as quickly as possible. Yeah, man, thanks for sharing that, man. I'm gonna throw this guy on the stream because this guy did a whole, a whole, uh, a leadership, uh, like, bro, he, he had like a leadership celebration, like a, a, a leadership introduction celebration. So, Smitty, talk to us, uh, about like just like how you invested in your leaders prior to the school year and how important that is. Yeah, so last Wednesday, we had our building leadership team retreat, um, you know, right here at. Casa Lay, Dr. Smith. Uh, <laughs> but basically, um, we brought them in. Um, and basically, first of all, I kind of just built, did some team building. Brought our, you know, how do we come together as a team? And my leadership team is made up of my admin team, uh, my two instructional coaches, and then some teachers that had to apply to be on the leadership team. Um, and then basically, they're kind of like those coaches in the classroom that we can kind of peer observation, peer coaching that we can do. Maybe if the instructional coach is working with some other teachers that need a little bit more support. But uh, after we kind of got the team building stuff done and really talked about our goals for the year, looked at some data from last year, we then said, hey, here's what our goals are. Here's what our data said last year. How do we go about building a plan to get there, to get to those goals that we had? You know, it's one thing to set a goal, but it's another thing to have a clear plan that's really tangible, that has step-by-step -step processes. So in our school improvement plan, we use what we call a 30, 60, 90 day plan. So we have basically the first 30 days, here mm. what we're going to do. And then the 60 mm -hmm. days, here what we're going to do, here what I do. And then we also have within there, here are our measures of success. Here's our evidence of success to make sure we're hitting those benchmarks along the way. And then yes, once we hit that benchmark, what is the next step? So really that's what we mapped out last Wednesday 
um, basically for the first 30 or 60 days of school based on our goals that we have um, around literacy, around math, and around culture and climate in our building. And then in the afternoon, we went to Top Golf just to kind of have some fun, eat some good food, and kind of uh, basically, once again, do some more team building. But then the, the best part, though, today, our teachers <laughs> on that team are the yeah. ones that presented that CSIP, presented our school improvement plan to the rest of the staff. The administration yeah. and the coaches, we sat back and just watched and seen our teachers take the lead in that process and really yeah. tell them, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're invested in and take the lead. So that is something that we are definitely trying to do this year is empower more uh, teacher leaders in the building. Bro, so Doc, what it, the impact that 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 is uh, given to to, uh, to to teaching and the learning process uh, on behalf of teachers when it's delivered from their peers, it's just so much different than when it's coming from like a top down, right? So like it's it's kind of like when when uh, when when peers are in the classroom together, right? Like they learn better from each other than they would from any adult giving them direction. But jump in, ball. I was just gonna say, Doc, where did you come up with that process? Is that something that you were coached on? Yeah, so basically, um, uh, my former boss, Dr. King, and uh, our superintendent, Dr. Rodriguez, they brought in these two uh, authors, Dr. Perry and Dr. Budge, who wrote the book, Turning High Poverty School into High Performing Schools. And it's mm. a model that they they use um, around, basically, we, we start the process, really, the original, I mean, the first steps is we do a root cause analysis. And we really yep. do some driver diagrams on, you know, okay, if attendance is the issue, why is attendance the issue? Well, kids yep. ain't getting to school. Well, why aren't kids getting to school? Well, they're having yep. issues with transportation. Why are they having, you know, really digging in deep, 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 and then say, okay, based on that, what do we, what can we do as a school to address those issues? And we started that process three years ago, and we just kind of continue to build on it and get better at it the more we do it. Uh, we've tweaked, you know, some things within our template that we use, um, but really understanding the process more yeah. I, i'm better i'm better equipped to understand the process now and really the one thing that we wanted to do this year because i feel like last year what we did with the process we created a lot of tools and things that we wanted teachers to use and this year we're really focused on implementation of the things that we created last year through that 30 yeah. 60 90 day process so so, so here, here's the thing though right so like you talked about root cause analysis right and i think that that's something that we kind of need to stick on for a second because a lot of folks that are in school leadership, right? And we're giving y'all insider baseball. If you're a parent and you're listening to this right now, if you're a teacher and you're listening to this to this right now, you can attest to this. You know that you know what's going on in these buildings. A lot of leaders don't even care enough to get down to what the root cause is, right? It's like they put these band-aids over the problem, and because they put these band-aids over the problem, it's like, oh right, well, you know, it's solved for a little while, right? But then things explode. And when you don't sweat the small stuff in these buildings, other things manifest, right? And so, you know, definitely root cause analysis. Every leader should be doing that. Free PD coming at you right now. Live can we free jump, PD. Yeah. Can we jump on Carla's questions? I mean, she has, you know, a point like basically we've been doing it for three years. She wants to know kind of what the impact was. Um, and I got, we like are super excited about the data that we looked at from last school year because everybody knows COVID just took place. Everybody's been talking about learning loss and all that stuff like that or whatever. Um, you know, we'll, I'll start with our best numbers. Since uh, pre-COVID, we've been able to cut discipline in our school, focusing on climate and culture. And our biggest root cause analysis was teachers and students didn't have a, uh, didn't have the strategies to interact with each other when they didn't agree upon something. So the things that we did as far as, you know, focusing on expectations, routines, procedures at the end of the school year, building relationships, doing our reconnection conferences when kids, you know, are out of the classroom for an extended period of time in a loss of instructional time consequence. Uh, we've been able to cut discipline 40% after COVID. So when everybody in the country is talking about how discipline has gone up and their buildings have been off the chain, our numbers are down 40% in the number of referrals um, and loss of, uh, loss of instructional time consequence. And what I mean by that is OSS, ISS type of consequences. As far as our student achievement data, um, you know, we are actually in math at we are scoring higher at about 65 percent of our kids either being on grade level, or one grade level behind after COVID. When we were sitting at about 60 percent pre pre COVID and then later uh, in reading, we're almost at 70 percent of our kids being on grade level or one grade level behind. And our hey, goal this listen, year. Listen, talk, listen, hey, listen, bro. Listen, bro. That sounds cappy right there, bro. That sounds cappy. No, no, no. I, I know we're talking to the middle school, the, the KC. Middle school principal, middle school of, the principal of the year. right? And I, and I want you to throw your numbers out there. <laughs> and it. I want you to tout that. And I want you to do this at the front. But hey, here, here's what I want you to come back towards with, right? We ain't talking about no goddamn one grade level behind. We're talking about all grade level. I want to hear the combination you, of those. You do. Hold numbers, on. So, so, right? so let me give you that. Let me give you that. Because yeah, I, I went yeah. somewhere and spoke this year. And they talked about that. 
We okay. are we do we do want to get our kids on grade level. But when I got kids coming to me three, four, five grade levels behind to get to yeah. the one grade level behind, no, and you're still progress. Now you, you, you got to talk progress. Nah, nah, excuses nah. are the tools that are incompetent. Those are the trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. You from Philly? You from Philly? You got to say that. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Nobody should be from Philly. Everybody should move. <laughs> Mama Toya, we forgive you for being from Philly. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> so, Philly, da Philly dangerous, bro. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with, uh, yeah. you know, this, this year, we yeah. are looking for 80% of our kids to be that tier one, tier two with a minimum Fifty percent of our kids you see, that you, great you, you see, you see, so, this is this is where it gets tricky. This is where it get gets at me. tricky. Get at me. This is where it gets tricky. Hey, I care about tier two. I care about tier three. But when we are talking the overall data picture, right? We are talking about the kids that are proficient, right? We're not talking about almost proficient. We're talking about the kids that are proficient. Practice. You talking about practice? We're not talking about practice, bro. We're talking about the game, bro. We're talking about the game. We're not talking about practice, bro. So next time you come up in here, you touting these numbers, and you beating your chest, I want to know the kids that are I'm going to tell them the same way. Because like I said, when you don't, like I said, that's like you don't give kids credit for the work that they are doing. We like you are, oh, we, we don't care if you man, came you on the Umar, you, you Umar in here, man. Nah, oh, <laughs> now you hating. Now you hating. Now you hating. Now you hating. All right, bro. But congrats super. to you. Congrats to your scholars, man. I super appreciate it. And um, yo, so 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 ball, man. Jump in here, bro. Um, you know, it, one of the one of the things that I'm thinking, based off of Doctor Smith is talking about, is you know he's had three years to yeah. grow in his yes. school, and I think that's a challenge within administration. I mean, at a new school, and you know, making sure that you have that you're retaining an administrative team yeah, yeah, and that there is continuity in the plan. I feel like, you know, whether it's district level or, you know, your, your system level, we, we tend not to, to stay with one system or one frame of thought or one, you know, product that we are aiming for and once in, in that system. And when we don't consistently use that system at the school, at the district level, at the school site level, that's not going to give us the numbers and growth that Dr. Smith is able to speak to. And so, yeah. you know, and, and that, that goes to that, to that coaching as well. If, if we're not, you know, at the district level being coached to say, Hey, this is where we're going to focus. This is what we're, we're going to build this into our leaders. We're going to build this into our coaches. If, we, if we're not investing there, it's really tough to see those gains that, that, that our, our principal hey, of the year let's is get, Hey, let's, let's get Smitty some love, man. Because, hey, that background is popping. Yo, hey, Smitty, hey, Smitty is winning this week, man. Smitty is out here winning this week, bro. He got, yo, man, hey, just came back being celebrated. KC, middle school principal of the year. My man right there, man. Hey. You the main draw on this show, bro. Hey, listen. So Smith, so 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 Smitty, because Ball wasn't with us last year, right? But I want I want to send a, a a little message to one one of our folks, right? So we had a delightful experience last year. We went to a shindig in Indianapolis, right? And and talk to us about about that whole process and, and why we should be invited back because you know I'm I, I, I'm waiting I'm I'm waiting for my invitation. Uh, yeah, so we we had we we, we gonna keep everything anonymous at this point, but we had yeah. a chance to go to, go to a city um, and uh, visit a school and really go to a, a fundraiser activity um, and really see some some work that uh, this this system is doing with, with black and brown kids. Yeah. Um, but I think when the rubber hit, met the you know rubber met the road and we wanted to get down to the nitty gritty because the work they had us doing it was good work that we was doing with teachers and, and I want to say every teacher we worked with is now in a higher position they ain't in the classroom no more <laughs> like yeah. every every teacher yeah. we work with is either now an instructional coach a principal assistant principal uh, yeah. so we definitely you know got the power to move people up um, but then we kind of ran ran the circle back like hey you need us to coach your admin team because. Your school's not making the gains they 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 could be making because yeah. your admin team doesn't know how to put the proper people in place from a coaching standpoint, a leadership standpoint, a peer yeah. mentoring standpoint. Um, yeah. You know, that's I think that's the focus we want to try to shift to now is really helping the leadership team and have that trickle down effect to their teachers. Um, but the proof is in the pudding. Every teacher we work with, 
is now doing bigger things than being in the classroom. And we did that in one year. So, bro, I would move to Indy. You just gonna, you just gonna put out where we went. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you you put it out there. Yeah, I'm just saying. I was just yeah, saying. I was just casually saying I would move to Indy. <laughs> anyway, so um, so so let's move. Let's segue into uh. Peer, and on the uh, side note, I tr- I tried to go be the principal at that school, but they they the figures didn't work out. They weren't tra- they weren't talking the right kind of money. Really? <laughs> Yo, you didn't tell me that. It was a little side conversation. Wow. <laughs> so hey, you see how this dude is moving? You see how the, see how, the case, wow, how the KC this, how the KC school principal of the year is moving out here? Oh, oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. he but he said that, and his people his people are in the chat. Right, but realize. Realize how that would have how how that would have set engage up though, man. That would have hey, that's good thinking right there, man. I appreciate you. All right, so because <laughs> hey, it's all about us. Um, so so, so <laughs> ball man, talk to me about yeah. about uh peer mentorship or no, I'm sorry, not peer mentorship, peer observations, right? Because mm. like you know we're honing mm. in on this coaching piece, you know, coach yeah. up or coach out. Don't worry about it. We're going to get to this coach out piece because that's very important for me. I want y'all to know how to walk away from the game. Um, um, <laughs> so, uh, peer coaching, man, what, 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 what you thinking about that? You know, I, I think that could be a, a critical part of growing uh, your teachers, especially your young teachers and e- even your, your veteran teachers. Mm-hmm. You, you ha- and, and there's a requirement of a level of humility when that happens. Because you you see a lot of teachers that get in their in their silos and they get comfortable in what they do what they've done and they're relying on stuff that has worked, but who's it worked for? And when you get that fresh set of eyes, that can just take you to a whole nother level. Uh, when you know you've got someone that's coming in, it's it's not anything that's evaluative necessarily, and you're saying, hey you know what, we're trying to grow, we're trying to make these gains and whatever, whatever our content area is. And they give that fresh perspective. And when you're open to receiving that as, as the person being observed at the moment, it can take you, it can take you far. And I think it builds that com- camaraderie that we want to see, uh, that community that, that we want to see. So I think that, that, that can be crucial to, um, to, to that professionalism within education and that growth that we all need yeah. to see. I love that. I love that. Smitty, jump ahead. Uh, so for me, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to you know, act like I came up with this on my own or I came up with this idea. I'm actually stealing from somebody, so I'm going to give credit because I don't want to get hit for plagiarism. But um, Alexis <laughs> Alexis Sorden, uh, Dr. Alexis Sorden, who is actually the principal at Concourse Village uh, Elementary in, I believe, the Bronx, the South Bronx. Um, I, I watched some of the work that she's done, and she talked about her peer coaching model. And what she does is when she she first goes in and kind of observes her teachers and kind of finds out what is that area of growth that they can move to the next level in. And then she basically peers or uh, partners them up with a teacher who is already proficient in that area. So when they go into that classroom, if you have an issue with transition, she's going to have them, hey, when you go in, I want you to just look at her transitions. And here's some guiding questions, some things, I, some look for I want you to go for. And then basically when they come out, there's like some questions they kind of write out, uh, some follow-up questions they answer. And then those two teachers get together and have that conversation on, hey, I, when you made this transition or when you did this or when you kind of use this proximity, get some clarification. Or, hey, you know, you have issue with grouping and monitoring kids in groups. So when you go in there, I want you to watch how she puts her kids in the groups and how she monitors each groups and how she's asking guided questions as she moves from groups to group. Um, so I think as you do that peer coaching piece, you want to be very intentional when that teacher goes into the other teacher's classroom on what they what are they looking for? Yeah. You can, they can't just go in there looking, you know, with the water hose mentality trying to see everything. You want them to go looking yeah. for something specific that is going to move their instruction forward yeah. in that process. And uh, like I said, I, and I got that from, like I said, from Dr. Sword and out of the South Bronx, who I think we should definitely have on the show at some point. Yeah, hey, I'm looking for guests. Hey, listen, one of the things that Paul jump in here, man, because I'm yeah, I was just I was just to say real real quick is you know when when you go into that room and you're looking for that specific thing, would you and and this is I guess this is a question for both of you. Would you look at something that they're strong at, or would you look at something an area that they need to improve on when it comes to coaching up at that peer? So, so my thing is I I feel like in the in the beginning of trying to do a peer uh, observation model. You want to do it to get those grow, to get those glows. You want to get people confident and be able. Because I think it's easier for people to give compliment to their peers than to try to criticize them. So I think in Max. the beginning, I want yeah. you to go in and find this good thing that they're doing, and then as we build confidence and get that vulnerability built in that you talked about, we can then switch yeah. and say, "Hey, when you go in, 
you know, look at this and then just get, don't even guide them. Hey, I want you to go in and maybe they do struggle transition. Look at how they do transitions. And then hopefully in that conversation, when they have it. Hey, I noticed you, you know, when you did that transition, kids weren't kind of with you. Here's what I would recommend you do. But I think in the beginning, yeah. you definitely want to be on the positive side. Yeah. So what I, what I, what I, what I did was, um, and this is all originated by me. Uh, it may be paraphrased. So therefore I don't really necessarily have to cite, but, uh, I'll cite, I'll cite myself anyways. So, uh, what, <laughs> what I've done. Now that's Catherine that, right there. Yeah, it is. Hey, it is. It is. But, hey, my numbers look all right, though, so I can cap all I want. Um, so what we did was uh, I had I had uh, some really strong teachers. Right. And I and I created a project. I was like, hey, we're going to we're going to call this the do now project. Right. And so what I did was I had them go and I had them tape every teacher's do now. Right. And so in tape, taping every teacher's do now, I didn't want them to bring to me the five, the top five percent of the do nows in which they saw. Right. And so we then use those do nows as like coachable uh, instruments in order for folks to see exactly what they're supposed to do when they perform a do now. Right. And so my goal this year is to push uh, my leaders to not just do the do now project, but, 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 but to cut up all aspects of a lesson. Right. And then take those lessons that are like top 1% so that you, you can now see like modeled instruction in terms of like how it's supposed to be. Right. And then also I I've seen, uh, I've seen some peer feedback get like real down and dirty, especially when you have those folks that really care about their school. It's like they they will take the gloves off, right? They will go in there and they were like, "Listen, you need to be doing this, 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 and this," right? And it's like as a teacher getting that kind of feedback from your peer, you have no excuse but to implement that, right? Because that is coming from a person that is on the same level as you, telling you like, "Hey, you definitely have the capabilities of being able to do this because I do this, right? I do this on a daily basis." And if you want to see me do this, I can make and create space in order for you to come in and see me model doing this, right? It is so powerful when you got teachers that are invested in your system, that are willing to be um, peer mentors for, for, for folks that are newly fermented into your system. So I got a follow-up question for both of y'all in that process. So in that that post-conversation between those two peers, yeah. the, is, a, is a leader from the admin team in that conversation or are you strictly leaving could it to be. them? It could be, but, also... I, but I think, I, th I think initially, right. right. Uh, before you get to your part two, initially it needs to be a peer on peer conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. Because again, they're building that report. Right. And, and a lot of times they, they even have, they have rapport with one another. Right. Cause like a lot of times we'll pat, we'll, we'll pair people with that have been in the building together for years. Right. So like, there's no, you know, there's, there's no, like getting to know you stage, you know, we can kind of skip past that whole, like, what are the glows? We can get right to the grows, like how are we going to help these kids, right? Because like, you know, you can have a couple, you, because, you know, when you're doing peer feedback, you, it's, it takes at least like, it takes a, to do a cycle, it takes about like six weeks because you're making space and you're making time for these teachers to be able to go into each other's classrooms. Whereas if you kind of tear down those walls and you're like, hey, we're going to focus on transitions or we're going to and you have you go through Danielson and you're like, hey, this is what we're focused on in terms of like when leaders are coming to observe you. And so if peers know that, hey, they're focusing on Daniel 2A. Right. So like we're going to focus on this when I'm doing my peer feedback. It better prepares that teacher for the formal observation when you think about it like, like that. And my part two to that was if. if a leader isn't in that conversation, that post conversation, because uh, I'm a firm believer in what monitors what gets done. How do you hold teachers accountable to make sure those conversations are taking place post observation? So, but you're you're doing a lot of the pre work prior to, like when you're when you you're doing a lot of pre work in terms of like the, the the observations that the peer observations that are being had. You're going you're you're telling them what the look for's are, right? And so, and then if you go in after that because it's not just on the peer in order to give the feedback you as the leader have to do your job too so like you got to go in and then you got to observe to see if you see the same things to see if the, the notes match up and so then when you're having your post conversation with that person and then some of the same things that are coming up you're asking those questions like well hey well, what did you talk about when your when your peer did his th their observation right like what were some of the 
what were some some of the learnings from that? And like, what were some of the, uh, the the tools that were taught to you about being able to implement because of this or whatever, right? And it's nothing to bring them both together, right? To have like a collaborative team meeting so that you know it it, it could it always be that continual growth process. And so what you, what what leaders have to understand and what folks have to understand that are watching this, this is not a I got you moment, right? This is more so still that whole coaching up piece, right? We're building capacity uh, by doing it this way. This is not we're not to the coach out yet. We're almost there, but we're not there yet. So, and I ask those questions because, like I said, you know, we often it's free PD. So make sure y'all like and share this. Uh, but so if a, if a, a new leader wants to kind of do that peer coaching, so they understand that they need to be just as hands on with this process and not hands off. Because for sure. if you are hands off, yeah. it's going to crash and burn. For sure. Yeah. Thank you for asking that clarifying question, man. That was a nice setup, Mr. PhD. Appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> Ball, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking off of, uh, of Dr. Dr. Smith's question when it comes to, um, you know, being present in that discussion. I think that there is, um, you know, there, there's value in those peers having that discussion and then following up with each person one-on-one, the person that's being observed and is doing the observing, like, hey, you know, what did you see when you went in there? What did you kind of focus on? And then, you know, when you had that opportunity to have a conversation with the person that was observed, it could be, you know, this is what I heard you focused on. What did you learn? What have you changed? Have you changed anything, you know, since you got that feedback? So that, yeah. you know, I can, as the, as the administrator that would be doing an evaluation, you know, I can say, okay, you already have an idea of what you're going to work on. So this is what I'll be looking for and trying to figure out how I can, how I can support you, you know, using our coaches or myself. Or you could front load the work, right? You could front load it. Administrators could go in and they could already have their feedback already already done in terms of like, you know, what the glows or grows are, are going to be. And then have peers go in and do the same thing and then see if it aligns, right? See if there's their calibration in terms of like what what uh, what the peer feedback looks like, right? So like you already you already know. So like you know, I feel more comfortable with the front load piece because then it takes the it it kind of takes the onus off of the peer in terms of like you know, uh, creating that divide, that that it, that fracture that it could create from like a, a, a bad peer interaction, right? But like if a, a person already knows like, hey, admin don't really think too highly of me in this teaching that I'm doing, right? And then that yeah. peer, that that, that 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 peer interaction is it can't really have that much of an effect because you already know that, you know, look kind of saucy. Saucy Santana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, so yeah, so, so coach, coaching out, man. So when you hear coaching out, right. Cause coaching out can be extremely problematic. Right. But Smitty, you famous for this, man. <laughs> Two ways. Coach up, coach out. Coach out. Right. So when you hear coaching out, Smitty, what, what's, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, so my first two initial thoughts when it comes to coaching out, one is I got to do what's best for students. And obviously we, we done coached up as much as we could mm-hmm. and you, it's, you're not catching it and mm-hmm. you're not just good for students and our students aren't performing. You aren't moving students. And that could be, you know, in a, from a, a classroom management standpoint, that could be from an instructional standpoint, but obviously there's something missing. Um, and my second thing with the coaching on this piece is documentation, documentation, documentation. Facts. Like you have to have your documentation on, Woo! Hey, you know, we did this professional development. I had the coach going to do this coaching round with them. Uh, Dang. you know, we gave them, you know, I put them on an improvement plan. Here were their goals of their improvement plan. Here's all the meetings we had. Here's all my observation, my follow-up observations. Um, you know, so that documentation piece, if you really want to coach somebody out, your documentation got to be, game has to be A1. Like, you got to be the D, Michael baby. Jordan of documentation when you're trying Free to coach PD. Free Especially PD. if they're already tenured. <laughs> the, hey, let me tell you something, man. The, hey, you are, you are, man, listen, I don't know, you know, what kind of prep work you did. But uh, I don't know if it's just ingrained in your spirit to be able to talk, talk and get and give this uh, this lesson you're giving right now. But man, you are preaching right now because, so, bro, you can't be a John Paxson, man. You cannot be a John Paxson and and and, and uh and, and write these things up and and be all cavalier about it, man. You got to have your documentation super tight, right? In terms of like all of the things that you have done in order to coach that person up in order to build capacity for that person, especially if they're tenured. If you are a tenured teacher in the majority of these systems, you are a, a movable a movable object. You cannot be moved, right? But you can be moved if you got a Michael Jordan of documentation, 
right? If you got a LeBron or a RIP Kobe of documentation, you could be moved, right? And so I am trying to build capacity. I got my folks in the weight room right now, man. I got them, you know, coming, doing the Euro steps and the crossovers right now, getting ready to be uh, master documenters, right? Because that's what you need in order to do what you first said, do what's in the best and interest if, of students. It's not perfect. Let me add one thing, guys. You can't do this alone. Like, you need to have your instructor coaches on board. You need to have your assistant principal on board. You need to have your HR department. Like, everybody needs to be lockstep in this process on like this is where we're heading to yeah and, talk, and talking about coaching i think that that hr component is really key because you know you, you just feel like oh i'm gonna I'm I'm do this i, I don't you know i, I want to get this person out of here but if you don't bring that that hr piece like because because they, they're gonna tell you some specific things and some p- specific language that you need to have in that documentation in order for you to get that out that out that you want and for it to be all in the up and up, whether, you know, in the contract language and all those types of things. Yeah, man, listen, you guys have knocked it out of the park, right? And uh, and I, I, I definitely appreciate that. You got somebody in the audience that's like documentation matters. Whose school is that? that that's my former uh, admin assistant who has left me, but she's now working for the Department of Defense, so I ain't mad at her. She making big cheese, so. Hey, uh, yeah, hey, listen, <laughs> hey, listen, listen. Hey, we know Dr. Smith was feeding you feeding you right, but now you can feed yourself, so shout well, out. All I right. coached her uh, up some more. She left me and went, went to a bigger place, so. Yeah, we got Mama Toya in the audience. Shout out Appreciate Mama Toya that. for coming through, kicking it. Uh, we got Miss uh Miss Miss Tussin. I don't know if you from down south. It could be Tucson, right? If she from if she from Louisiana, that could be what Tucson? No. I just right. I just want to point out she put that there when we were talking about them numbers at GMS. Just put that out there. Keep it moving though. Did she? <laughs> yeah. All right. I, yeah. She. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. yeah so hey, listen. We came. We conquered, man. You know, it's like it's like when you come, you you come to give a lesson, and and you on the clock, and they only paying you for the amount of time that you on the clock for. Hey. We're off the clock now. So final thoughts, uh, Dr. Smith. Hey, so my final thoughts is, um, you know, coaching is, is not something that you learn overnight or do overnight. Um, I know you're going to have instruction. Most of you probably have instructional coaches, MTSS people, but I really feel like you need as a leader to have that coaching in you. So this is a book that I go to a lot, The Coaches Approach to School Leadership. So you know how we do here. I'm going to drop five of these books. All you got to do is hit me up on Twitter, in, uh, hit my inbox on Twitter. Tell me you want one and I'm going to get you one of these books. Trust me, you want to have this book if you're a school leader and you're trying to coach up your staff. Basically, the coaches approach to school leadership, leading teachers to high levels of effectiveness. So hit me on Twitter and you can get a book, the first five. Bro, so you only got two, you only got three left because I already hit you on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say the other one for everybody else. I I, I, I won't. Hey, well, I want you. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, what's for the people? It's for the people. I'm the people. <laughs> what, uh, what? Yeah. What's your uh? What's your final thought? You know, I I will say this as always. I love being with you. Uh, this is one of the highlights of the week. Um, but I do want to point out. You know, today is August seventeenth, uh, and it's Marcus Garvey Day in Jamaica. Uh, I think that you know we need to. Uh, do what we can as as a people to understand uh, our history, to remember uh, the people that come before us. Uh, you know, his focus was on educating Black people, and uh, and we need to make sure that uh, President Biden does the right thing and, and can pardon uh, Marcus Garvey, who was you know set up like they like the government does. And this is a great opportunity for uh, for for our country to step up and, and just show. You know, we value black people. We value our history. Um, you know, he was all about education and uh, it was just something some we can, you know, we can lean into his thoughts. Um, and I'll just share a quote with him for you from him. A people without the knowledge of their past history, origin and culture is like a tree without roots. We got to be rooted in uh, in our greatness as black people. So I'm not saying anything that's anti-American. I disavow from all of these, hey. uh, these, these people. These people. Listen, hey. Hey, <laughs> hey. If, if you defended it, why can't you criticize? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, that's true. That's, yo, that's 100% correct. We got two, uh, two, um, 
former uh, armed service uh, folks that, that are here that are now in school leadership. And so, yo, you know what? This show ain't gonna end now, man. Because now that we talking about uh, uh, we, we talking about veterans, we gotta go. We gotta take it down to Florida, man. Do y'all think? Do y'all think, based off of y'all's experience of being of being uh, 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 arms former armed service uh, folks, right? Boy, you West Point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's the pinnacle of like, bro. Yeah, and, and Smitty, and Smitty, you Air Force, which is the pinnacle of the military. But go ahead. Which, that's Cappy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how we feel about how we feel about the Santos and uh and, and making veterans teachers? Like, do we think that that's a good idea? No, I, I, I definitely don't. Yeah, I mean, I. I like, I feel like you can't just step into a classroom and teach if you don't understand pedagogy. I mean, I just, I mean, I don't care what you say. Like, and, you know, you, you, there's a there's a sense of pedagogy. You have to know how to teach a content. And sometimes the military, they, they ain't taught you nothing about, about that with the military. Now, I get that he's probably trying to, you know, find a way to kind of get veterans jobs that probably need jobs down there, whatever. But there's a better way to doing that. Cause I'm pretty sure if there was a shortage on surgeons, they weren't gonna just go grab somebody off the street and throw them in the cert in the operating room. So I feel like it's a disrespect to to educators everywhere when you feel like, oh, we just need a warm body in the room. Like I just I feel like that's straight disrespect. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, man. And it's many the ball. Yeah, I feel the I feel the same way. I mean Dr. Smith got like 12 degrees and you know, in, in order to get to his spot, in, into these spots, like you just don't show up and that, just rely on that military experience. I mean, <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening if you expect uh, so the, these students or these teachers to uh, just automatically respect you because of your rank at once upon a time. And I'm saying, you know, boy, in the military, you fall in line. Like we don't, we don't care what they ask. You just fall in line. And in the real world, it don't work like that. So <laughs> some of these uh, little uh, lieutenants or captains about to step into these classrooms gonna get a rude awakening when Keisha and them uh, pop off on them. Bro, Keisha, then boy, hey, glow, <laughs> hey, when they when they hear that first glow rilla track, talk about. For sharing that man i appreciate that you know and you guys thank you guys for everything that you do that you have done for our country and and what you continue to do for our country with being in a classroom and being valued educators in in, in the education space man i'm really it's really a pleasure i'm really proud to not be behind the scenes but actually be on the scenes and learning from y'all every week uh every couple of weeks man appreciate that uh so my final thoughts are if you are a teacher Give your letter of resignation in January. Have enough confidence within yourself that you are going to be able to go out and get the job of your dreams. Build rapport with uh, with your administration staff so that they are writing you letters of recommendation and they are doing everything that sets you up for success in your next area of work, right? Do not hold these kids hostage. Do not hold these families hostage by submitting a letter of resignation at the last minute because you didn't have enough confidence in yourself to go out and get the job that you wanted to, that you felt like you needed to get and you're holding these kids hostage. It's not okay. It's not okay for educators. It's not okay for these kids because we can't say that we love these kids. We're not genuinely doing what's right by them all the time, right? So let's put these kids first. All right. You guys have been listening to the Engage Podcast. We'll see you in two weeks. Peace.